0: Log Talk Radio. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest Outsports Podcast, our podcast sponsored by. AT&T, mobilizing your world. It is the first day of October, which means baseball playoffs start uh, in about a week. We have two teams from New York, maybe two teams from Southern California. The Cubs are in it. I mean, cats and dogs don't say living together. The Cubs are in the playoffs. So, (laughs) uh, Sid, I know you'll be glued to the set next week watching all the baseball playoffs.
1: Well, you know the 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 the, the playing game is always fun. That that wild card game that they play, and uh, so I'll probably watch that. But you know, it's 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 tough to to get into it when uh, you know I don't really care who wins. I, I I I want whatever Christina Carl needs to 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 be assigned to as many games as possible, which I guess means the Cubs playing in a bunch of games. That's what I hope happens.
0: Well, it's interesting to play in games is that it seems like it's a one-and-done, and last year the Royals were down seven runs in, like, I don't know, the seventh inning. They came back to win the game, and then they go to within, you know, one game of winning the World Series. So it's the kind of game that you think, oh, it's like a th- not a throwaway, but, oh, that team that loses or wins that's not going to go very far, and the Royals show that you can go really far. So, I'm, I mean, I'm not a huge baseball fan either, but I just think the – the teams that are in it this year, you know, the Pirates, uh, it's their third year, but that had been a dead franchise forever. The Cubs are, we know about their history. I mean, the Yankees hadn't been in the playoffs in a while. The Mets hadn't. So it has something that I think I'm a little more interested in. And, you know, our good friend Billy Witts of the New York Times is first year covering the Yankees as the beat writer. So, um, you know, it's kind of fun for him to be covering a team in the playoffs. The Toronto Blue Jays, their first division title since 1980. 92, maybe something like that. So it's one of yeah, those 90s. Things, I think some, so, yeah. yeah. Some fresh blood. Finally, it's not sort of the same old cast of characters. You still have the Cardinals who are kind of the new England Patriots of baseball. If uh, you don't follow baseball and you want to know a team not to root for, it's the Cardinals. Um, you know That's <laughs> it. <laughs>
1: Do you really care? I mean, the the Cardinals, no, no, I mean, a behemoth with a guy with a hoodie on the
0: sideline and they're not that bad. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's October, I mean, it's just, it's you know, t- you're talking about how it's, time flies, and we're already in, after this weekend, uh, the NFL, except for two teams that are on Biesel, have played already a quarter of their games this season.
1: I know, we've already played three fantasy football games, and I've already kicked Jim's butt once. There's, a, there's such a turnaround from last year. Oh but I, I gotta let the readers know. This. I gotta let the listener wait, wait,
0: wait, stop it. The listener need to know this. I get this text from Sid. Week one. The se- the week's not even over. Basically, ah, uh, my season's over, I'm doomed, oh failure, I forget somebody tweaked his pinky or something and all this gloom and doom and now he's you know running roughshod over everybody. He picked up the Devontae Freeman, a free agent back for the Falcons <laughs> and starred him last week at the last minute. I'm thinking, oh good, that's fine. I've got about one fantasy point. And he got like 37, <laughs> so basically, single-handedly <laughs> defeated me. So
1: I have got gotten. Um, so, listen, after week one, Deshaun Jackson out. T. Y. Hilton was was supposed to be out. Uh, Eddie Lacy's injured, and if it wasn't for me picking up some guy who was sitting there on the waiver wire and having to start and having him score 37 points, you would have beaten me by 20. Like well, I just got lucky. It, My team isn't great.
0: Well, last year, I got Odell Beckham in like week four because he hadn't basically been playing. As a, throw. I wasn't like a genius pick. It was simply, oh, I think I'll, I need somebody. I got Jeremy Hill, the Bengals, and C.J. Anderson of the Broncos, who by the end of the season were these major stars. So, it's kind of like you get the right free agent and they hit it. It's like you really have <clears throat> kind of stolen something because nobody was talking about Devontae Freeman as sort of being a, you know, a, 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 even a sleeper because they had that rookie running back. So, boy, the way he played last week, it's uh, be crazy to kind of not make him their lead back. But what's so fun about fantasy is I have Andrew Luck as my starting quarterback, and I benched him for this week because he has a hurt shoulder, and he's playing like garbage. And I have Derek Carr. If you had told me last year I'd have a Raiders quarterback starting over Andrew Luck, I would have said no way. But Carr's playing against the Bears, who are terrible right now, and – I don't want to play a guy with a bum shoulder who hasn't thrown a football in two days.
1: Uh, and the Raiders, my my surprise playoff pick. Who knows? Start start three and one.
0: Well, I did like they asked Jack Del Rio if they're looking past the, the Bears to because they got the Broncos next week, <laughs> and he said, the, uh, given the Raiders' <laughs> sorry history, we ain't looking past anybody.
1: <laughs> well, that well, that is a dumb dumb question.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I,
1: A team that hasn't had a winning season since, what, 2002? 2002, Yeah, yeah, 2002, Uh right? Mm -hmm. Are you looking past somebody? (laughs) Insane.
0: Anyway, so hockey is starting uh, up, is already started up. The NBA is in training camp. So the sports season in full gear, and another season that will be starting really soon is college basketball. And on Outsports, we have a section called Fan Post where people can – kind of unsolicited by us post whatever they want to and i think sid you can maybe pick up the story up but i don't know if you saw it or someone alerted you a fan post uh by a division one college basketball player and maybe you can tell everybody what he said and go from there no, I, I check
1: out our fan post on a daily basis so we don't we don't get a lot of them but i just stumbled across and i'm, I'm nervous i'm going to say the guy's name <laughs> Uh, so uh, we might have to hit uh,
0: end end podcast. Say the guy, but, just the guy,
1: the guy. He, uh, anyhow, he 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 posted you know this 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 great post saying I'm a gay Division One college basketball player and I want to know if I should come out publicly and and he explained what his struggle is that you know that the team and the coach know and they don't care but other people in his life tell him that oh, if you come out, it's going to look like you're doing it just for attention and and, and it might not go well. And of course, you know, if, I, I've, I've been in contact with him and explained to him that, that that's just not the case, that people respond well. Excuse me, certainly you'll have a couple of people on Twitter, some fools on Twitter, uh, talking about wanting attention and why is this even important and all this other stuff. But we know why it's important and it's why he wants to do it because there are he struggled as a kid. There are other athletes who struggle with this kind of thing and being gay in and, and sports. And he wants to show that you can be gay and in and, and Division One and supported by your team and your head coach. But unfortunately, a couple other people in his life are telling him, don't do it. And so he's struggling with whether to talk publicly or not.
0: Well, before I get on, uh, if you want to call in, our number is 347-945-7834. Uh, and we have verified his identity, so he does exist. He's who he says he is. And we asked our readers, kind of basically, we we, we highlighted his post, which basically was a like, "Should I come out?" And the majority of the answers were what you would expect. You know, I think uh, you have you know do right, what's best for you. But the but what I liked is the answers were very well thought out. Um, but the this brings up the whole thing about coming out, and it's one of the things that always fr- frustrated us is that. People tend to say, well, someone's do it for attention or publicity, and why can't they keep it sort of, you know, between their teammate and stuff? And the answer to that is that until someone comes out publicly, nobody knows in the wide world that there is another gay athlete out there. And, you know, no one would have known Michael Sam was a, no one knew Michael Sam was an openly gay football player at the University of Missouri because there was no publicity about it. And to me, it's not a matter of getting them attention, but it's a matter of letting the world know that we're out there because straight people don't have to do that. They don't have to declare their heterosexuality. They can comfortably take a opposite-sex partner anywhere. And in a sense, they're saying without broadcasting it because it's so subconscious, um, I'm straight. Uh, gay athletes, LGBT athletes cannot do that um, because if you know two men or, say, a male athlete was seen kissing someone that would be a big story and then you know so i think that the answer that you know the this player has gotten from people "Well, you're doing it for attention is not the right thing and he said specifically let me read just a little bit of of what he said about <clears throat> why he wants to do this i thought it was very powerful um he said i would like other people to see another gay athlete successfully playing in division and <laughs> athletics I would like for a teenager battling the same things I struggle with to see that things will work out and to not stress about something that seems so major, but is really something minor. I would like to see the LGBT community grow within athletics, period. And to me, that's why he's doing it. Because right now, if you ask Sid, who's how many Division One basketball players, you'd say one, Derek Gordon, because he's the only one public. Well, there's yeah. this other person, and who knows countless others, so I think that whole selfish thing is it's actually more of a selfless act. You're putting yourself out there. You want to take a stand. You want to be visible. And you have some risk. So I think it's the opposite of what people think it is.
1: Yeah, well, again, you know, unfortunately, the, what I tried to tell this player is that he's kind of gotten over a lot of the fears and because he's come out he's come out different people that he was afraid of he's seen that it was way the fear was way overblown in his head and but the people around him have not necessarily done that and some of the people that he listens to um, they are still stuck with this fear that they have not had the opportunity to overcome they haven't come out to people and seen wow all this this fear is just kind of overblown like the reactions just weren't what I thought they were going to be. And and because of that, he has a much better idea than some of the folks he's listening to about what the reactions might be and, and, and how uh, coming out publicly might go. So I'm encouraged him to listen more to himself and listen more to to some of the other LGBT athletes who have come out to really understand what it's going to be like and and, and try not to just follow what people who have never been down this road are are telling him.
0: And especially because he's already out. I mean, he's out to his family, he's out to his friends, he's out to his team, he's out to his coaches, he's out on campus. So this is not, we're not, you know, encouraging someone to do something that they're not ready to do. He's ready to do this, but he's getting some pushback from people that, you know, obviously he cares about and care about him. And it's it's not that I dismiss their fears cavalierly, it's simply that, these fears are just that. He even said this is something people think is major, but it's really minor. And so he can make a difference, and it's still vital. I mean, every time we have people coming out, they're amazed at the level of response they get. And it's yep. just, you know, a building block. And so I'm hoping that, and we're both hoping that this player you know, will able to, you know, sort of to overcome the concerns of those around him and say, well, this would be a positive thing. And the idea that, you know, it might affect a job prospect, well, yeah, it could somewhere. But on the other hand, you really ought to work for a company that would, you know, that if as long as you're in the closet uh, and, you know, you're you're, you're what, passing to be straight, they they're okay with you, but if you come out, they're going to fire you. I mean, this person's not coming out in some kind of porn shoot. He's, coming, you know, he'd be coming out and saying <laughs> I'm a college basketball player. So I'm not sure where even the embarrassment would be for an employer. Why would they? I think he'd want someone who shows that kind of courage and bravery and resilience. So, yeah,
1: you know, and, and um, yeah, it's interesting about the employer. That, again, it's just still this fear of the unknown. We're just convinced that coming out, being out, is going to somehow harm us and and we just don't focus enough on the positive and the opportunities that it, it creates. The, you, you worry about what jobs you might miss out on because you're gay. What about the jobs that you might get because you're yeah. gay? I remember when I was at Disney, I got a promotion in a roundabout way because I was gay. If I hadn't been gay and taken this leap of faith when I did, and it's a long story, but I would not have gotten a big, big promotion that really led to a five-year career at Disney. That I was—it was my dream job at the time. So, and and you know, I've had a lunch with Billy Bean when I was in New York back in August and or September, and he's working with MLB on creating opportunities for people who are out and LGBT in Bay front office, front offices of teams and the front office of the league. So there are opportunities that open up for people of different diversities. That, and even if some close down, others will open up.
0: Yeah, and I mean, even we've seen uh, you know, Anthony Nicodemo, who came out and his entire life has changed for the better. He's gotten opportunities as, as a high school basketball coach he never would have gotten by simply being true to himself. And that's true of so many LGBT people that have come out either on out sports or elsewhere that – it's actually you get more opportunities and if there are still some people that don't want to hire you because you're gay, well again you wouldn't want to work for that company anyway. You'd be miserable. Um so I mean I, I think it's 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 interesting that this player is in the mindset of wanting to do the right thing and he's having those around him sort of saying to hold back and you know I, I really hope he decides to go ahead and do it because I do think this would be there would be media attention but it would be positive and he would hear from a lot of other people struggling with this to show that this is this is still possible. I mean not still possible, this is possible and your world's not gonna end.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, it's well I'm
0: I, I I have
1: um I have a lot of hope and I think that he um I, I think that ultimately I don't know when, but I think that he'll he'll take the leap at some point. He's gotta you know, it's it's tough when you're being told over and over again from one or two people that this might end end badly. It's, it's 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 a it's a tough leap to take when your support system is telling you that. So
0: yeah, in um, this case it's you know, so I just don't I don't understand the whole badly part because if the coach and the team are supportive and they're supportive of him from my I understanding I think he said in his piece that they would be okay with him coming out publicly that they're not discouraging him from doing that. So if you have the people you're actually playing with fine with your choice, uh, Yeah. anyway, so, but again, this is something that's obviously still a personal decision, but I think in his case, he's, he seems, he certainly wants to do it. That's clear from what he posted. Um, and I, I do think I would encourage people to get on the website and check out the, the, all the comments, because a lot of them, you know, a lot of them are really thoughtful. I think all of them are very thoughtful and, you know, people speak from the heart, from their own experience. So it's a, uh, you know, it, it's kind of it was kind of a rare thing to have something like that posted. And then the first thing Sid did was verify this person is who he says he is. And you know, because we've been uh, we've been fooled before, but we have not recently, yeah. thank God. But um, but yeah, we, we did confirm he is who he says he is.
1: We've been burned before. Don't want that to happen <laughs> again.
0: Yeah, and again, you know, on a, a sort of related issue, we had uh, a closeted high school football player write for us a week ago about his fears coming out and. I heard from another closeted high school football player. This one's 14 years old, and he's in the Bible mm. Belt, and the same fears. And these stories mean a lot to him. I've already connected him with uh, a few, you know, other football players. Actually, he's connected with the other closeted player and Bobby Petrino Jr., Louisville, and a few others. Just because all this kid's looking for right now is just some people to talk to. I mean, by email, to talk to and have some support because he's in no position where he's at right now. I mean, his coach actively says, you know, I don't want any faggots on my team. If you're gay, get off my team. You know, the it's just a, it's a hostile, homophobic environment. And so and at 14, going on 15, it's like he has a few years left before he can graduate. But his goal, he said, is to, and he's a pretty good player from what I could gather, to get out of that town, you know. And so he's not ready to come yeah. out yet. But these kinds of stories by this college basketball player and others really give this person hope because it shows it can be done. And I think that's the most powerful thing that, you know, you can you can make a difference.
1: Yeah, well, that, again, that's why we want I, – I wrote to this kid last night and I said, you know, if it seems like I have a particular perspective on all of this, I do. And just kind of telling him how much it means to these kids to – See these stories and how important it is to advance the conversation. I just I, I think that athletes and coaches coming out publicly and talking about this is, to me, the most important thing we can do now that so many policies are established and there's so much education going on. It's that visibility piece that right now is so, so important.
0: Yeah, so actually, we'll obviously keep keep up on the website. That'll be clearly if he comes out, you'll <laughs> we'll be the first ones to have it. But uh, switching gears, uh, I mean, do you want to, You maybe maybe you can set up the things as I wrote it. The uh, the whole Aaron Rodgers thing this week, which was our one of our biggest stories in in a while. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, my uh,
1: favorite topic. Uh, well, you know, listen, Aaron Rodgers is. Ever since uh, his former assistant got fired and said some funky things on Twitter and and they were appearing together a lot at events, people have questioned whether Aaron is gay or not. And nobody has any evidence other than just circumstances and and what have you. But Aaron has since, you know, about a year and a half ago, since people were talking about this, Aaron has taken... Many opportunities to explain how straight he is, um, and and all of rolling out his girlfriend to talk about how much sex they have, have, having her by his side all the time, doing videos online, and this after Aaron said a while back that his personal life was personal, he was always going to keep it personal, but now that he has to prove he's straight, of course, that's out the window, and everything personal is private now, because he can parade this girlfriend around. And and, and Jim wrote a fantastic column that people, it's funny, people called it clickbait and (laughs) reading the if you read the column, it made so, it was so creatively made the powerful point uh, that why is it okay for the straight guy to be so out there and flamboyant with his personal life yet when Michael Sam just kisses his boyfriend, all of a sudden the earth stop spinning and it's a horrible thing and he needs to keep his private life private. So I thought it was a great commentary on that whole dynamic where straight athletes are allowed to do whatever they want. And anytime a gay athlete mentions that he might have a boyfriend, all of a sudden he's throwing his personal life in, in our faces.
0: And, and the, the, the impetus for me writing this was uh... – Someone alerted me to the cover Sports Illustrated about now two weeks ago about Aaron Rodgers, and it was a feature on him. And there were six mentions of his relationship with Olivia Munn, his girlfriend, including pictures of them lip syncing together. And in the story itself, it says Rodgers would not let the writer talk to her or anybody in his family or anybody from his hometown, And so this was clearly him orchestrating and controlling this and allowing his private life to be public. And the reason I found it hypocritical is, well, one, and I wrote very provocatively, stop shoving your heterosexuality in our face, is (laughs) we have heard doing this website all the time when athletes come out. Why do they have to make it public? Why do they have to shove it in our faces? We've heard the word shove it in our faces all the time. And we try to explain that straight athletes do this Again, all the time, when they simply show up with their wife, or their girlfriend, they are it may, they may not think they're doing it, but they are saying "I am straight," and so I used Rogers as an example with the Sports Illustrated story, and the back story was he had a personal assistant and former roommate, and self described by Aaron best friend, you know they had some sort of breakup in their business relationship at least, and this guy had some really snarky but very vague tweets. And a lot of gossip websites jumped to the conclusion that they were a gay couple that broke up, even though, I mean, to be honest, none of the tweets said that. It was simply all, as you said, circumstances. Um, and then Aaron went public and talked about it and called them you know, silly and crazy rumors and that he's not gay, He's likes women. And then very shortly after that, he began this relationship with Olivia Munn, and the person who had said, I'm going to keep my private life private and my professional life professional, has now merged them publicly for the last 18 months to the point where he won the NFL MVP Award on national TV, on the NFL Network. The first person he thanked wasn't his teammates, wasn't his parents, wasn't his coaches. The first shout-out was to Olivia Munn. And so, to me, it was like he's clearly making an attempt to put any of these rumors to rest. And what bothered me is that no one had been talking about him being gay anymore. Once Once he made the declaration... As far as Sid and I are concerned, that's it. I mean, you know what, that's our standard. You either declare it or you don't. So he says he's straight, fine. He's straight. But it seemed like he's gone really out of his way to kind of, in essence, shove it in our faces. Look, I'm dating her, and she talks about they don't have sex on game days, but they have as much sex as possible, and they're releasing Instagram videos this is all calculated. This is not just random stuff. This is something that he's decided to put out. And so I I felt passionate about it. But the pushback, I mean, kind of proved my point. A lot of the homophobia, you, you had several comments. I did. I've gotten emails and Twitter instant messages that are just, you know, kind of nasty and sort of in some ways <laughs> proved my point.
1: Yeah, well, listen, when 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 women say things that sports fans don't like, they get called sexist names and comments and when we say things that people don't like, they use homophobia. They they know how they they are well versed in how to use homophobia to attack people, so it's not a a big surprise that you might get a bunch of emails and nasty tweets. We 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 always do when we say things that people don't like and but I again, I thought that your piece it's funny because it's, it's, Yahoo picked it up in a heartbeat, and, and I saw the piece. I saw the headline. I'm like, "Oh, this is this is gold." And then, and then you you read it, and you're like, "God, you, he makes a ton of great points." And a lot of a lot of sports writers and people in sports tweeted that, that that you know there are a lot of great points here. This is not just a bunch of fluff here meant to get you to click on it. it was a lengthy piece that really outlined. Um, and then what I liked about it, too, is that you really, you didn't scream and yell and call names, but you were really, there was clear emotion behind what you wrote, uh, in addition to the facts. And I, I listen, there's no denying, there's a double standard. What you said is, there's just no denying it, even though people want to deny it. So I I, I just thought it was a great piece. And, and uh, you know, I, I'd be curious to see. Um, Did you, on Monday Night Football, did they show his girlfriend in the stands?
0: No, and I've never actually seen her at a, I mean, I've seen them together at, say, Milwaukee Bucks games or University of Wisconsin games in the stands, but never during, so I'm not even sure if she goes to the game that is in the booth or not, but no, there was no, there was no reference. What bothered me a bit was that some gay, uh, openly gay readers, saying that we're trying to out him, and it was like, they missed the entire point, is that. No one, there was no outing anymore. He said he was straight, and that the rumors died then. I mean, th- there was been nothing since basically December 30th, 31st, 2013, you know, because him and uh, his former business partner were no longer, you know, uh, or, I'm sorry, personal said, no longer employed by him. And the personal assistant had some snarky tweets after the Packers choked in the championship game last year, almost like, ha, ha, ha. But even then, it was more like like a friend who was pissed off at an old friend. So this idea that somehow we were trying to out him and it's like they, people clearly didn't read. It's funny, as you know as a writer, you labor over sentences, you labor over wording. You you make specifically clear you want to use certain choice of words and then people still don't bother to read it thoroughly and make jump to conclusions. <laughs> and so it's like but yeah, I saw some of the sports writers saying, Oh, this is actually, you know, interesting and, you know, makes you think and I thought that maybe okay, at least some people read it. Well, a lot of people read it, as we know.
1: <laughs> in one day, one of our top five read stories. No, I, mean, read of the year, I mean read it. I mean read
0: it the way it was intended to be read.
1: <laughs> not read it. Yeah, anything. and, oh, and my it's God. funny because yeah. uh, a lot of people were were reacting to the headline and uh, and and clearly had not read the entire piece when they were lashing out at you for um, for for all your transgressions in the piece. <laughs>
0: Uh, so, and um, uh, anyway, so it was just to me it was a it was a good illustration of how this is still such a hot button topic with people that especially among Packer fans who are just obviously like maybe most of them they're kind of irrational about it, is that you know that you think I was attacking him in some way like a, as sort of a human being It's like, no, I just think that's you know I made my point and <laughs> just i, I even sent you a couple of the, you know the emails from people's yeah, typical Packer fan, but the reality was if he had been a quarterback for the any other team, it would have been the same reaction from the fan base because you know yeah. that's how fan bases are they always they always support their people but um um then, so anyway, I was, we, uh, uh, Fans
1: are usually irrational. When I, I'm a big Patriots fan, but I I I think I'm pretty rational about who they are and what they are and their chances. But you know when I'm in, when I'm watching a game with my sister, it was week two, or we whatever whatever game that was. Yeah, it was week two. And you know I say one negative thing about about any of the plays, she gets she just cl- like clenches up like she freezes. says, oh my God, how dare you say something remotely negative about one of the players on our team?
0: Man, you should watch a you watch, you watch watch a 49er game with Dave Cope, especially when they were good. I think he's kind of a little over them right now. <laughs> oh, my God. I think he's going to come over and throttle me sometimes when I would just make the most obvious statement, you know. <laughs> like,
1: Yeah, you know, I know. Well, like, gonna, you know. He's a big Kaepernick fan. If you're like, oh, gosh, you know, that was a terrible throw.
0: Well, the receiver
1: should have been there. What is
0: <laughs> Kaepernick? Yeah, <been laughs> although he ripped them last week. But, man, when they got under Harbaugh, I think one time I said, I simply – pointed out to him why the penalty was called the way it was, and he attacked me as if I was supporting the call. It was, no, Dave, that's just what the rule is. What do you, man? You know, so anyway, well, we're running out of time. Um, next week, we plan on having on Bobby Petrino Jr., the son of the Louisville football coach, to talk about being gay in football. And remember, our podcast is sponsored by AT&T, Mobilizing Your World. Well, Sid, uh, I have to say I hope you lose in fantasy this week because I need to pick up a game on you, but... Uh,
1: Pick we'll up a game somebody with somebody else,
0: and so okay, that's fine. If, you're, if we're in the playoffs together, I'll be happy. And, and Jeremy, yeah. so all right, well that's all we have time for, and we'll talk to you next week.